Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. This is a monumental day across the country because it is Election Day. We'll talk about a number of things starting here at home. We've got elections going on. And, you know, even if you're not that excited about your particular contests in the area closest to you, um, it's also very important to watch, as we discussed on yesterday's program. Also, we will address some of the other contests going on across the country, some of the races that are of special interest and the implications that could help to set up the scenario that develops for 2024. A lot of people will be trying to figure out whether there's some message, some preview of coming attractions that would be manifest in the elections that take place today, especially in a number of key races across the country. We will delve into those. The governor of Iowa makes it official. She has endorsed Ron DeSantis for president. We will talk about that and how that may or may not help. Also, back here at home, possible changes for Bank of America Stadium, enhancements that may make the experience better for everybody, players and fans alike. I want to begin with something that's right something that is praiseworthy. I want to repeat again, because I think it's very necessary to do this in the very polarized atmosphere that we have. I've said a number of times on this broadcast, my views are largely libertarian. Live and let live. I'm not here to police you. I have no desire to police you. I'm not interested in finding out what's going on in your bedroom. And while I may have some views about certain things and convictions, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. But at the same time, the flip side of this is it's also incumbent upon you to respect boundaries. There are certain things that you should not do. You should not expect me to approve of or celebrate everything you do. Nor would I expect you to do the same thing with me. Who I am, my identity, does not depend on your affirmation. And I have no desire to extort that out of anybody. Unfortunately, this is not the culture we live in right now. We have a culture of people who are very hostile and believe that you ought to celebrate everything they do and I would also add narcissism to this that somehow I have a responsibility to you to affirm you and what you're doing it's not my responsibility so I take you to a story in the Daily Caller. Christian wedding photographer who declined to celebrate same-sex marriage wins huge legal victory. Virginia state officials agreed to settle a lawsuit with a Christian wedding photographer after he refused to use his business to celebrate same-sex marriage. His name is Bob Uptegrove. He filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Jason Mayaris and Christine Lambro-Johnson, the director of the state's Office of Civil Rights. 
This happened in September of 2020 after a state law required him to affirm same-sex marriage in his photography business, according to court documents. Alliance Defending Freedom, the law firm representing Uptegrove, announced the states agreed to settle following the recent Supreme Court decision in 303 Creative LLC versus Elenis, which determined the government cannot compel a business owner's speech. This is really important to understand. So lest anybody say, oh, they're saying it's okay to discriminate. No, they're saying you cannot compel somebody to participate in speech. That is contrary to their convictions. That's what this is about. The Council for ADF said in their news release, free speech is for everyone. As the Supreme Court recently affirmed in 303 Creative, the government can't force Americans to say things they don't believe. This victory for Bob underscores how the 303 Creative decision will protect countless Americans from government censorship and coercion. The U.S. Constitution protects his freedom to express his views as he continues to serve clients of all backgrounds and beliefs. The Virginia Values Act... I love how they come up with these names. It sounds so virtuous, doesn't it? Values Act. Prohibits businesses from discriminating based on sexual orientation. And up to Grove argued in the lawsuit, the law aims to regulate Bob's views that marriage should be between a man and a woman out of existence. He claimed that under the law, he would be unable to publicly state anywhere on his website or business social media that he believes marriage is between a man and a woman, ultimately violating his right to freedom of expression under the First Amendment. A district court ruled in March 2021, while the case creates the odor of a case or controversy, the scent is not strong enough for the court to rule in its favor. According to the opinion, forcing up to Grove to appeal, however, the Supreme Court ruled just this year in June. The state of Colorado could not force Lori Smith, a Christian web designer, to make websites celebrating same-sex marriage and chill her right to free speech. As a result, the state agreed to settle to avoid further costs and expenses of litigation, according to court documents. We commend Attorney General Mayaris and his office for agreeing that state officials cannot punish Bob for exercising his First Amendment rights. It's really that simple. Really that simple. And I hope this court continues to uphold the Constitution of the United States. This is why I remind people again, we are a republic. We're not a democracy. And the moment we go down to the road to democracy, where public opinion becomes the means by which we make decisions like this, we're all in trouble. Because this will all be based on people's opinions. Rather than the Constitution. This is what the Bill of Rights is for. It's there to protect Everybody from the tyranny of the majority. So if the majority is wrong, the court can step in and say, wait a second. This is not constitutional. Which is what they've done here. Setting the stage for this particular business owner to find relief. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Splashed on the front page of the Charlotte Observer today. Information on what's going on with local races. What to know before voting in Mecklenburg County races. At the top of the list, whether you have any interest in candidates today or not, probably the big issue, the record-setting school bond 
$2.5 billion. Yay or nay? Do you approve? We've also got other high-profile races in Charlotte and surrounding towns. There will be at least two new faces to the district school board. The marquee race, city council rematch, South Charlotte's District 6. Towns around the county elect mayors and other city representatives. 40,000 people have already voted. One party making up the majority of early voters. Boy, is that shocking. (laughs) Those who have not voted yet. You can check your polling place and see a sample ballot and even get a free ride to the polls. It's all available. The polls opened at 6.30 this morning. They close at 7.30 this evening. Let's first start with that $2.5 billion school bond. If it's approved, that money will go toward 30 Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools projects. Now, if this is passed, it would be the largest approved bond for public school district in North Carolina. That is a lot of money. $2.5 billion. That is with AB. We've also got three at-large school board member races, a slate of 14 candidates, one incumbent. Lenora Ship is on the ballot in the city of Charlotte. Voters will elect a mayor and four at-large council members. Current Mayor Vi Lyles, a Democrat facing Republican. Myson Kim and Libertarian Rob Yates. Five candidates running for city council at large. And I know there are a lot of people who, as we were discussing yesterday, you're at a place where you're kind of like, if you are Republican, there's a difficulty getting people engaged and involved. A real challenge for sure. City council races in District 3 and 6. Republican James Harrison Bowers, Democrat Tijuana Brown, competing to succeed Watlington, as in Victoria Watlington, in South Charlotte's District 6. That's a rematch between Democrat Stephanie Hand and Republican Tark Bakari, who we heard on this program yesterday. Districts 1, 2, 4, 5, and 7, unopposed to the general election. You know, we were discussing this yesterday, how much the face of Charlotte has changed, where you have now uh, pretty much one-party control over an increasing number of districts. Towns of Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Matthews, Mintill, Pineville, electing mayors. Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Matthews, Mint Hill, also choosing town commissioners. Pineville voters picking town council members. Early voting results. It wrapped up Saturday in Mecklenburg County. 39,432 of you voted early in person. 594 sent in absentee ballots. And the total so far from early voting. 5.15% of the county's 776,318 eligible voters. Michael Dickerson, director of the County Board of Elections, saying this was a little higher than expected, which is good to see. He's expecting turnout will reach the 15 to 20% range. I suspect that may be kind of generous, 15, 20% for this one. Registered Democrats accounting for 52.35% of early voters, 30.21 for unaffiliated, 17.27 for registered Republicans. The most popular early voting site, South Park Regional Library in Charlotte City Council District 6, 4,315 people cast ballots there. Other popular early voting sites include the North County Library in Huntersville, and the former Coles in the University City area. The least utilized early voting site, Davidson Town Hall. All of 896 people voted there. So that's somewhat entertaining. 
So you've got choices to make, and you can do so all the way up until 7.30 this evening. So make sure your vote counts. We will also be watching a number of races across the country. I told you about one of them that's near and dear to my heart. We'll get to that in a bit in my former home state of Kentucky. Voters in at least 37 states heading to the polls to vote in the biggest election day until next year's presidential election. Some are calling this a dress rehearsal for next year. Control of state government up for grabs in states that are home to a total of over 25 million people. Voters will weigh in directly on hot-button issues like abortion access through numerous budget ballot measures. Actually, it would be impossible to run out every election. But I want to identify some of the key races to watch today. I'll just give you a preview before we go to break. Because there are some really interesting things that are going on. Pennsylvania. The state Supreme Court. That is one to watch. The governor's race in Mississippi. Yes, Mississippi. This is supposed to be a deeply red state. What in the world? Yeah. It's possible. There may be an upset there with the Democrat winning that race. Ohio, issue one and issue two. We'll tell you what those issues are and the implications not just for Ohio but beyond. Virginia, the state Senate and the state House, who will control? Who will control both of those chambers? And as I mentioned, last but not least, my former home state of Kentucky, a big governor's race there with the possibility of that state electing its first black governor, who's a Republican, by the way. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our broadcast. We also have Transformation Tuesday today. This one's a little different, very different. One thing I absolutely hope does not happen, and that is that we forget what happened a month ago today, and God forbid that we would forget that we still have hostages who have been taken by Hamas. Some of these hostages are Americans. At this hour on Capitol Hill, Republican leaders have assembled some of the families of these hostages. They are speaking right now, and I thought it would be good for us to listen in as one of them speaks. Here is a little bit of what is being shared now in a live news conference. You know, get there and just send anything I can. And and then there's another siren, and I run to the safe room, and it was like crazy. I didn't know what to do, but I did call the military, uh, my connection, and she says... I, I, I don't tell her because I'm afraid that his chances, like they, they did play with my mind. And I was saying, look, I, I can't tell you about the call. They told me it's confidential. I can't tell you. So she convinces me just to give the, the phone number of this uh, lady that called. And um, yeah, it's mind games. And that it's just going on and on. Um, I'm here because it's been 30 days. Every day is like eternity to me, and I can't wait any longer because I know that he was shot. I know, I don't know anything. Maybe everything is a, we don't know, we don't have a list of the hostages. We don't know their condition. I don't have anything, so I need your help. Basically, you know, I, I'm, I'm part of your people, you're part of Israel, and, and America has been like the best allies, and I'm so proud of 
being an American, being an Israeli as well. But I, I do need you now because there's nothing helping me now. I, I, I pray, which I didn't do before, but, but just please help me. Oh, and what, one other thing, if I can, I just forgot. This is Guy. Okay? His best friend is a hostage, too. This is Almog. His best friend. So... That's it. Very impassioned plea there from a mother who is concerned about her son, who's being held hostage by Hamas, along with his friend. They were, kim they were actually kidnapped a month ago today. Ah, it's, it is so, so heart-wrenching just to hear her share. And you can feel her heart she just wants someone to help. I was so gratified to hear her say she prays. She said, I, I, she acknowledged I didn't do that before. And we do that now. Father, God, please, we ask you that you, that you, by your mighty hand, free every single hostage we pray for your divine protection upon them even at this moment even against the will of their captors no matter how arbitrary or evil they may be I pray Lord that your favor would be upon them even in the midst of where they are where they are for their protection and their safe return to their families and your overall intervention in this entire mess in the Middle East right now. That people everywhere would humble themselves ultimately before you. That's the only, only real solution is to look to you, the Prince of Peace. We just pray this now for safe return of every hostage. We told you about the very important races taking place today. This is election day in a number of states. 37 states head to the polls. These are 37 experiments in democracy. Yes, it is appropriate to talk about democracy when we refer to the states. There are some key races that will definitely be important to watch let's talk about some of these Pennsylvania State Supreme Court an expensive state Supreme Court contest between Republican Carolyn Coluccio the judge of the Montgomery County Court of Common Pleas and Democrat Daniel McCaffrey a Superior Court judge. The outcome of this race won't change party control of the seven-member court, one of a handful in the country where judges are elected in partisan contests, but Democrats are hoping to win the vacant seat and pad their current 4-2 to majority. That's what they're hoping for. Not much to watch in terms of polling on the race. They did find a survey that found McCaffrey in the lead 42-36. to McCaffrey is the Democrat. But it's also important to consider when you talk about 42 to 36, you're only accounting for, what, 78%? Plenty of voters are undecided. So this comes down to each party's messaging in the final hours of this contest. Democrat groups, as you know, their big issue they're pressing on this is abortion. So pay close attention to this one. Mississippi has a governor's race. And we'll tell you why that is so important. Yes, it's a 
deep red state. But a Democrat could actually win this. We'll talk about that much more as we continue our broadcast. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So we're talking about these key races to watch. One of them in Mississippi, governor's race there. Democrats may have a slight edge in one race. They're referring to Kentucky. The reverse true in Mississippi, where incumbent Republican Tate Reeves faces Democratic Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley, just one of two Democrats in the state's executive branch. On paper, Mississippi's solid red lean means this race probably shouldn't be close, but Reeves hasn't exactly had a sterling first term in office. In morning consults approval polling for the third quarter of 2023, Reeves ranked as the second least popular governor in the nation. That's not good. He's also faced questions about a far-reaching scandal involving the misuse of federal welfare funds. Although Reeves hasn't been directly implicated, he's closely linked to some of those who have, including the former GOP governor, Phil Bryant whom Reeves served under as lieutenant governor. Presley, meanwhile, has a record of winning on red turf, thanks in part to his profile as a moderate conservative Democrat. For he, for instance, he describes himself as pro-life. Well, that's kind of cool. Don't have many of those who are Democrats. Not much polling to go on. But Reeves probably has the upper hand heading into today a late october public policy polling survey on behalf of the democratic governors association gave reeves only a tiny edge but that may be the rosiest picture one can paint for presley released in early october the next most recent poll mason dixon magnolia tribune put reeves up eight points still presley has outraised reeves over the past year two campaigns run about even overall spending. Reeves has sought to fire up the GOP base by highlighting his opposition to transgender women playing women's sports and attacking Presley, part of a broader liberal agenda to change Mississippi. For his part, Presley has talked up his blue-collar background and values while trying to ding Reeves by connecting the governor to the welfare scandal. By the way, if I understand correctly, keep in mind that last name, Presley. I think if I heard correctly, he is second cousin to Elvis Presley. For whatever that's worth <laughs> on election day. For some people, that may be a big deal. Who knows? In the state of Ohio, we've got issue one and issue two. Abortion access on the ballot. Issue one, yes or no, according to the language of the proposed amendment, would enshrine in the state constitution the right and make to make and carry out one's reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion. Polling suggests Ohio voters largely support abortion rights and the provisions of issue one, for example, 58% of Ohio voters would vote yes on the proposed amendment. According to one survey, 34% would vote no, 8% undecided. But the circumstances around the ballot measure may complicate things. The state ballot board, led by the Republican Secretary of State, had final say on the wording that will appear on the ballot and replace terms like fetus with unborn child. Ohio Northern University conducted a poll Testing how voters responded to the proposed amendment when given two versions of it, one using the unborn child wording that will appear on the ballot, the other using the official language of the amendment. The version that included the language as it will appear on the ballot garnered 52% support. The version that used the language of the amendment itself garnered 58 and 68. So it's all in the words, isn't it? 
Issue two, by the way, would legalize the use of recreational marijuana. <laughs> it would allow Ohioans to possess and grow marijuana with some limitations and create a new division of cannabis control where the Department of Commerce would regulate it. Two-thirds of voters agree marijuana should be legal for medical and recreational use. So it sounds like that may very well pass in my birth state of Ohio. And finally, well, actually, the state Senate and state house in Virginia. They've got elections that will determine what happens to the legislature. As you know, they have Governor Glenn Youngkin, who is very much on the map, very much a person who has been considered a possible presidential candidate in the future. So the Democratic-held state Senate right now could face a change. Today, all 100 House seats, all 40 Senate seats on the ballot. Now, the GOP has an opportunity to capture a trifecta control of the governorship and the entire General Assembly. This would have major ramifications in what it's recently been a bluish purple state. Most notably, Youngkin has previously pushed for a 15-week abortion ban. With the GOP in control, the party could reverse Virginia's status as the only state left in the South with a less restrictive abortion law. And we told you about this one yesterday, governor's race in Kentucky. Keep in mind, Kentucky's deep red voted for President Donald Trump by nearly 26 points in 2020. But Democratic Governor Andy Bashir, who won election in 2019 by less than one percentage point, one of the most popular governors, governors in the entire nation. Can he continue to defy the state's politics to follow in his father's footsteps and win a second term? Even 49% of Republicans approve of Bashir's job performance, which has helped him maintain a lead in polling for much of the race. He's also been ahead in fundraising. But the tailwinds, or I should say the headwinds, of President Joe Biden's general dismal approval ratings in Kentucky's fundamental Republican lean may work against him. Cameron won an early endorsement from Donald Trump, has gained ground in recent polling. The first black Kentuckian to hold his post, Cameron's rising star, the Republican Party. And there is hope by many that he could become the state's first black governor. So watch this one very closely. That's a look at what's going on in some key races. Coming up, we have Transformation Tuesday. Also, some other races as we look ahead to 2024. Right here, the Vince Coakley Radio Program. News is next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Tuesday, still to come on the broadcast. We'll talk about a big endorsement for Ron DeSantis and a comment that's certainly <laughs> has probably caused a lot of Trump supporters to deeply manifest. We will deal with that. We have a big debate coming up. We'll tell you who has qualified for this third GOP debate. We also have some very important money news. What's going on with our books by that i mean financially with this country we have a very interesting little tidbit on our debt more specifically the interest on our debt another reminder of why we desperately need change and the unfortunate thing is 
I don't even hear Republicans talking significantly about this, but it's time to do so. Also, more evidence, as if we needed it, that so many of the people who claim to be pro-Palestinian are truly anti-Israel and, frankly, anti-American. We have fresh evidence of that coming up. And we'll talk about some possible improvements to Bank of America Stadium. But first, a very different Transformation Tuesday. I really love this one because it's something that's been very important in my life. I should say it's been important because it was first demonstrated to me. And as it was demonstrated to me, I put this into practice in my own life. And there's no doubt in my life, it's, I'm a richer person for this. People put a lot of emphasis on a lot of things. And I think even in the context of church, people are looking for special giftings in this or that. And I think one of the most important things I'm about to share with you now. Some of you may remember some weeks ago, I had Pablo Giacopelli on this broadcast. Pablo and his family live in Israel. You heard him share about that horrible day, October 7th. These are folks who are committed to living out authentic kingdom lives, as in kingdom of God here in the challenging world in which we live and in this case in very challenging circumstances as they live in Israel Pablo posted this on social media over the years I've had the privilege of sitting down with some very wealthy individuals to eat each time I've been amazed at the fact that generally when people become wealthier, instead of building a longer table, they often build taller walls around them. In the Hebrew culture, we eat with others in order to deepen our relationship with them. Sharing a table is seen as an intimate and vulnerable encounter where you're willing to take your eyes away from the person in front of you to focus on the food you're eating. This shows confidence and subconsciously communicates your trust to the one sitting across the table from you. Did you ever have any idea that sharing a meal communicates such? You know, we have, uh, and I really have my good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby, to thank for this because... I realized how many things that I do, how many thought processes that I bring to the Bible and many other things that are really dominated by my own cultural and personal experience. And I don't realize that some of these things have very different meanings for different people. I'm going to repeat that again. In the Hebrew culture, we eat with others in order to deepen our relationship with them. Sharing a table is seen as an intimate and vulnerable encounter where you're willing to take your eyes away from the person in front of you to focus on the food you are eating. This shows confidence and subconsciously communicates your trust to the one sitting across the table from you. This is why I believe God told Gideon to watch the eyes of the men when they drank water. This line, and I I can't wait to talk to Pablo again and just thank him for what he shared in this post, because this is powerful. Listen to this line as he made reference to Gideon. In that case, he was looking for warriors, whereas on God's table, he's looking for his friends and lovers. That is powerful. Why do I share this? The importance of hospitality, meals, 
the power of sharing a meal with someone. Can I just give you a little challenge? That in the next week, between now and next Tuesday, no matter who you are, if you're a single person, you're a family, maybe some of you are already in the habit of this. Why don't you share a meal with someone? Maybe it's somebody you already know. Or maybe it's somebody you don't know very well and you want to get to know that person. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe you're going to church and you're isolated. You haven't connected with people. Find somebody to invite over for dinner or for lunch. Or take them out to lunch or dinner. I love this line. He was looking, as in Gideon, was looking for warriors on God's table. He's looking for his friends and lovers. Can we be those friends and lovers? It's amazing. I believe we can have a tremendous impact. I, I think of fond, with, with just fond memories, uh, of the fond memories that have been created in our family table over the years, the families that have come over, the single people who have come over, and they have blessed our lives just as much as we hope we have blessed theirs. Plan a meal. Plan a meal. That's today's Transformation Tuesday. Still to come in the broadcast, we will talk about 2024, a key endorsement in the state of Iowa. Also, we have the names of all the candidates who will appear in tomorrow's big debate. Will this make much of a difference? I have a special favor to ask for those of you who are so inclined to pray. Some dear friends of mine reached out to me uh, last night. I have some wonderful friends, Denise and Jeff. Denise reached out to me last night to mention that her husband Jeff was in the hospital with and this was part of the text, 2.5 of his three main arteries are blocked. So they are hoping to do bypass surgery. Would you pray for Jeff? Just that everything goes well. They're doing a consultation this morning, some testing. And just that this all goes well. And he will be restored to health. You know, the I don't think... In fact, I should get Jeff on this program to share his story. And it's so interesting. He was going to have another procedure. And as part of the testing for the other procedure, they discovered these blockages. I mean, this is so providential that this was discovered. Thankfully, this was discovered. So as a result... Um, He's going to hopefully get the treatment that will restore him to health. So keep Jeff in your prayers today. Let's talk about the big endorsement. We kind of previewed this yesterday that Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds was going to endorse Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for president. She has done that now. And she made a pretty extraordinary comment. The country is at an unprecedented moment. Republicans cannot gamble on another Donald Trump presidency, another candidacy. We're living in unprecedented times. This country is in trouble. I cannot believe how it's declined over just a short time under President Biden. We're resilient. We'll be able to come back from this. But if we don't win this next election, we're done. Reynolds had been a Trump ally when he held the White House since she appreciates the former president's accomplishments, but believes it's time to move on. I don't think he can win, she said simply. She is throwing her support behind Ron DeSantis, a fellow governor who she said has an admirable track record of accomplishment in Florida that he would bring to the nation as president. 
He's the candidate that can win. And we also not only need somebody that can win, we need somebody that has the skill and the resolve, which he clearly does, to reverse the madness that we see happening across this country. Right now, Trump leads in the latest polling. 43% support among likely Republican caucus goers. DeSantis tied for second place with former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley at 16%. Reynolds believes DeSantis can win the Iowa caucuses, regardless of the current polling. And she hopes to tout his achievements around the state. Ron is moving the needle, she said. I'm here to tell his story, to make sure people look at the record and know what he's done and why I believe he's the right person for this job, the right person at the right time. So I'm going to tell it over and over, and I'm not going to miss an opportunity to do that. When I'm in, I am all in. So this is pretty cool to see a bold decision here by Kim Reynolds. So what do we get from Donald Trump in response? Well, the same garbage that you would expect from a man-child. I know this is offensive to some of you, but really, this is just Pathetic. Newsweek story, Donald Trump blasts Kim Reynolds for picking DeSantis extremely disloyal. You ever notice? This is the card he pulls with everybody. Everybody's supposed to be loyal to him. But he doesn't have to be loyal to you. He'll throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. Haven't we all seen this? Donald Trump has attacked Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds ahead of her expected backing of Ron DeSantis, suggesting the move will be the end of her political career. So everything should hinge on whether we support him. See, this is why this man needs to go. I'm sick of this. I mean, I don't mind saying this. It's un-American. It's childish. This will be the end of her political career. You know, screw you. (laughs) I... Here's his post. Posts on Truth Social. Blasting Reynolds and DeSantis as extremely disloyal people. He cited a recent morning survey poll that found Reynolds and DeSantis are the two most unpopular governors in the U.S. in terms of disapproval ratings. If and when Kim Reynolds of Iowa endorses Ron DeSanctimonious, who's absolutely dying in the polls, both in Iowa and nationwide, it'll be the end of her political career. And that MAGA would never support her again, just as MAGA will never support DeSanctimonious again. Two extremely disloyal people getting together is... However, a very beautiful thing to watch. They can now remain loyal to each other because nobody else wants them. This is just, this just sucks. And I'll be so glad to have this out of the picture. I'd love to get your thoughts. If you have a contrary opinion, bring it on. Please tell me how presidential and how pro-American this is. This is garbage. Simply because that person didn't endorse you, they're disloyal. And you're hoping their career is finished. You know, by the way, Trump took credit for Reynolds' election victory, claiming she was substantially down and losing to Democratic challenger Fred Hubble before his endorsement. Also frequently suggesting he helped DeSantis win. See, I I don't put much stock in either one of these he's basically saying i made both of you and so therefore you owe me anybody who says that is not worthy of respect and being followed you see i you can do whatever you want but when i serve i serve out of a heart to serve period there are no strings attached I'm not expecting anything back. If it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. 
And if down the road, that person makes another choice, and that choice is not me, I'm an adult. I am a freaking adult. I don't need to go away crying and whining or slamming that other person for not being loyal to me. It's childish. And America deserves better. If you think I'm wrong, bring it on. Still to come, we'll talk about tomorrow's debate. Who are the five candidates who made it? And we'll talk about our debt. This is another example of serious stuff we ought to be thinking and talking about. And very soon. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So we mentioned the endorsements for Ron DeSantis from the Iowa governor. It sets the stage for tomorrow. The third Republican presidential debate. It's in Miami. And there will be five participants. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Senator Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, and New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. They've all qualified for the third debate. This one hosted by NBC News, the RNC also partnering with Salem Radio Network, the Republican Jewish Coalition, and Rumble. So, the requirements. The candidates have to poll at 4% in two national polls, or 4% in one national poll, and 4% in two polls from two early states. The RNC also upped the donor threshold requirement to at least 70,000 unique donors, including 200 donors in 20 or more states each. That is what is required. So, the third debate has slightly narrowed the field as former Vice President Pence and North Carolina Governor Doug, Doug Burgum, they had both qualified for the second debate, will not be at the third Pence dropped out of the race in late October. Bergam is still running. Former President Trump skipping the third debate, as usual, holding a rally in Florida as a way to counter-program the event, which is expected to include Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who endorsed Trump on Monday. Yuck. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I've said everything else. I'm so sick of that family. I told you. Did I already tell you? And I, I don't mind saying this. This family, these are the biggest grifters. Some of the biggest grifters around the Trump people. So I think I mentioned the other day, I hear this commercial. It's mainly on satellite radio. I don't know if, I think it's on Fox too. Huckabee's put out a children's book on Donald Trump. I mean, I just want to throw up in my mouth every time I hear this. It's just really, have you ever been around somebody who just oozes unhealthy worship and veneration of somebody? That, that's Mike Huckabee. And it's not Huckabee alone. There have been a bunch of people. And you just watch these people slobber all over Donald Trump. And it's, it's absolutely nauseating. By the way, I saw a poll the other day that apparently Sarah Huckabee Sanders is struggling now in Arkansas. I, I just don't have respect... Since I've already gone down this road, I'm going to mention it another time, if I remember. One of the sad things to me is to watch some of the really decent people that I had a great deal of admiration for who have destroyed themselves for this man, Donald Trump. One of those people is Mark Meadows. Here he is now, basically... Um. 
I saw that he is apparently being sued. I, we may have mentioned this story. He's being sued by the publisher of his book because what he said in his book doesn't match up with his current testimony. See how people tie themselves up in knots? This is why I said this is the definition of a cult. Here you are, you're a perfectly decent person, and then you get around the universe of this person, and so many people have found themselves just tripping all over themselves to support this guy who will throw you under the bus in a minute, in a heartbeat. And for what? Only in the end to be trashed and to find yourself in all kinds of legal jeopardy. For what? Let's talk about something consequential. Our debt. This ought to sober every single one of us. Bloomberg reports U.S. Treasuries may face renewed selling pressure into the new year if the nation's swelling debt repayment bill is any guide. Estimated annualized interest payments on the U.S. government debt pile climbed past $1 trillion at the end of last month. Debt payment. This is not talking about paying back our debt, ladies and gentlemen. This is talking about the interest. The amounts doubled in the past 19 months. 15% of the entire federal budget for fiscal year 2022. You think this is going to get better? Of course not. And we got people who don't even want to cut a single thing. And I'm talking about Republicans. And the nitwit mainstream news media calling people extremists for wanting to get this under control. You know, the extreme, the extremists are the nitwits who want to keep overspending this country into bankruptcy. This is crazy. The worsening metrics may reignite debate about the U.S. fiscal path and heavy borrowing from Washington. That dynamic has already helped drive up bond yields, threatened the return of so-called bond vigilantes, and led Fitch ratings to downgrade U.S. government debt in August. There will be further increases to Treasury coupon auctions and T-bills outstanding going forward. Besides deficits of over $2 trillion in the foreseeable future, climbing maturities following the increase of issuance from March 2020 will also need to be refinanced. Congratulations. And again, I wish I could just say the Democrats are responsible for that. It's not just the Democrats. It's the moron Republicans who go along to get along because they love being called moderates. And they love being liked by the mainstream news media. That's not what they were sent to Washington to do. They were sent to get this stuff under control. And now we're paying a trillion dollars in interest a year. 15% of our federal budget. Who's going to stop the madness? Who? Who has the courage to tackle this one? Stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. Reminder, get out and vote. Go vote today. And we have a caller, in fact, who would like to talk about elections. Steve in Charlotte. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Vince. Yes, sir. All right. I just have a couple of comments. Number one, vote no on the uh, on the bond issue for schools. And the vote no is for two reasons. We continue to have some absolutely disastrous performance out of the school system, the public school system. The last stat I read was 8% of kids can read at grade level. 8%. Um, And there's nothing good about a failing, an organization that fails to meet its mission. So I don't care if they have to stand in the rain to meet. No more money till the numbers turn around, till we get some performance that matters. Second, um, have you ever seen a government agency stop a revenue stream? Do you think four <laughs> years is real? I don't think four years is real. I think we're voting it in into perpetuity. 
So the last thing is part of the solution I would recommend. There is a unity coalition running at large for school board. They want to reform, and they've joined together as a team with common values and views about reforming the school system. So my last comment is vote for the unity coalition today, please. That's it. All right, Steve. I very much appreciate your call, sharing your perspective on this broadcast. Uh, Whatever you do, go out and vote. Be informed. Find out what you need to find out about. There are so many races, not just the city council here in the city of Charlotte, mayor's race. We've got races all over. So may the best individuals win those contests. That is our hope. All right, let us take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you today? Vince, I'm great. Now that I get to listen to your dry otter waterproofing, <laughs> you otter get dry. I can't do it quite as quite as good as you can. You just absolutely love that. <laughs> I do, I do. It's like yeah. Bo with thanks for making us your choice for news. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he loves to taunt me he with does, that one. He does. You know, I need to tell. In fact, at the next lunch, I'm going to remind Bo, I have nightmares. And I had one just the other day about being back in the TV news business where I'm running against a deadline that I'm not going to make. Oof. And then I wake up. And you you know those you've had those nightmares before, haven't you? Yes. Where you feel like it was real? Yes. Vince, I actually had one last night where my I grind my teeth so I have to wear a night guard, but my teeth like falling out. So oh, weird. No. But I've had that dream many times where you wake up and you're like checking to make sure that you're not hurt or you know you're okay. So I've definitely had those real dreams. Yeah, that's it's just yeah. a it does something to you. It takes a while before yep. you start to feel normal. Yep. Six items on this look at the day in history. The first question for Mr. Bernie. This guy won an unprecedented fourth term for president in 1944. Obviously, he did not serve out that term. He died in office. And uh, this will never happen again because now presidents can only serve two. Is this FDR? You better believe it. 1944, he won his fourth term. 1965... My wife had communicated years ago, if she ever left me, she was going to go away with this guy. Uh, he happens to be a little character who uh, that you use to make, uh, I don't know, cookies, bread, oh, the gingerbread pies. Oh, uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, maybe? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> 1965 is when they debuted that thing. Oh, my gosh. The Pillsbury Doughboy. 1966. Um, A very uh, interesting connection, and a lot of people lamented this, at least when they heard her singing. But this beetle met this particular woman. They've called it the beginning of the end. Yoko Ono. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. John Lennon met Yoko Ono. Right. 1972, this guy re-elected president. It didn't last very long for him either. He uh, ended up leaving in disgrace. Uh, Richard Nixon? Yes, Tricky Dick, indeed. I knew you were going to say Tricky Dick. <laughs> I knew. 1991, <laughs> this guy announced, famous basketball star, announced he's HIV positive. Oh, that'd be Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Yep. And 2000 was the year this woman won a seat in the U.S. Senate. She went on to become Secretary of State, uh, but she bombed out in running for president. Uh, Hillary Clinton. That would be Hillary Clinton. Mm. That is a look at the day in history. Now let's talk about bizarre thefts. This one really takes the cake. In fact, I need to send this picture to you as I tell our listeners about this particular story. I, I, you know, I get the idea of wanting something, I guess, of value or whatever, but this is just... I this is just to me the kind of thing that's just stupid. It's just a waste of money. But somebody along the line thought it was a good idea. All right, let's delve into it. Four men charged in a theft <laughs> of a satirical golden toilet titled America 
at Churchill's birthplace. These four men have been charged over the theft of this 18-carat gold toilet from Blenheim Palace, the sprawling English mansion where British wartime leader Winston Churchill was born. 18-carat gold toilet. That toilet is awesome, then. <laughs> that, I'd almost be afraid to sit on it. Like, you don't... I, I mean, really? It would be cold. As Pete Callender just said, it would be cold. Why Why would you spend money Ooh. on this? The toilet. Get a load of this. This is a shocker. It's valued at 4.8 million pounds, which is 5.95 million dollars. Literally it's... throwing money down the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. You, you might call this a royal flush, oh, right? Vince. Oh, Vince. <laughs> oh, Vince. Hold on. I can tell Pete loved that one. Oh, hold on, Vince. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been ready with that, man. That took way oh. too long. <laughs> this is an artwork titled America, intended as a pointed satire about excessive wealth by an Italian conceptual artist. It was part of an art installation at Blenheim Place near the city of Oxford a few days before it vanished overnight in September 2019. So now they've authorized criminal charges against four men, 35 to 39, over this theft, accused of burglary and conspiracy to transfer criminal property you know this is just a crappy story oh vince thank you oh Very vince <laughs> that's how you end a show right there <laughs> yes it end, is. On a, end on a high note yeah exactly i i just couldn't <laughs> help it but uh oh my i mean this is crazy i cannot I, my mind is blown it really is. $4.8 million, $5.95 million for a freaking toilet. I I can't get over this. I really can't. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Be sure to listen to News Talk, <laughs> News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT as we have continuing election coverage throughout the day and night. We're back tomorrow, Lord willing, the same time if I don't get flushed down. Um have yourselves a great day and God bless you. Adios.